Well, good morning, church. So good to see all of you this morning. So excited to be with you. If this is your first time with us, I want to say welcome. We're glad that you're a part of things. I also want to welcome those that are worshiping with us online. We're glad that you are able to be a part of things today as we have Vision Sunday. This is a little bit of a different Sunday from the rest of the year. It's an opportunity that we have that we get to come together, talk about who we are as a church and and where we're heading. And I'm just so grateful you're able to be a part of that. Uh, As we jump in this morning, I just have a a question for you. How many of you uh, like to play golf? Anybody out there like to play golf? Okay, there's just a few of you. Hunter and I love that we both love to play golf. That's good. Uh, there's a name that I would guess uh, some of you know. My guess the younger generation maybe doesn't know. How many know the name Jack Nicholas? The name Jack Nicholas. All right. Jack Nicholas is the original goat when it comes to golf. He was the guy that Tiger was chasing, won 18 major championships. Okay. Arguably the greatest golfer of all time. But Jack Nicholas did something very unique every single year. What did he do? In the middle of the winter, when the season was kind of done, he would go to the same place with his coach every year. And you know what they would do? All right, Jack, let's look at your grip. All right, get your grips. You got your fingers in the right place, right there? All right, let's look at your feet. You got your feet in the right place. Have you you gone the wrong direction? Have you done anything? This is a guy who won 18 championships, right? 18 major championships. And they're talking about how to hold a dumb golf club. I'm pretty sure he knows how to hold a golf club. But Jack understood something, that if I get off in the foundational, the fundamental things, it's going to ruin everything else. So he did this every single year. He came back to the core. And this is why we do what we do every year here on Vision Sunday. We come back to the core of who we are as a church, who has God called us to be, because we are not just individuals. We are a body that is called to go a certain direction. And if we don't understand what is holding us together, we're going to get off track. We're going to miss out on the good things God has for us as a church, okay? And so this morning, we're going we're gonna to come to some of those core things. Okay, we're going to talk about that for a moment. And then we're going to celebrate the amazing things God has done in 2021. I can't wait to share some of the things that God has done. And then we're going to look ahead to 2022 and say, what has God put on our hearts for this next year, both as a corporately as a church, but what do I feel like God is calling to us to individually? And I think God's going to speak to everyone. I'm going to need you to give me patience because i got a lot to get through today. And I might be a little excited, so sorry about that, Okay. All right, if you got your Bibles, would you turn with me uh, to John chapter 10? John chapter 10, as you are turning there, I want to celebrate because there is a group of people who have been, uh, last year on Vision Sunday, they agreed to, to do the entire Bible. They're going to read through the whole Bible in a year. And today is day 365, the final day of Revelation, all right? And so can we give it up for those who fought their way through this whole year? Way to go. Proud of you. No guilt if you didn't, if you bailed some way, that's fine, okay. Uh, but just proud of those who were able to stick through it, all right. Would you stand with me as we're going to read our primary uh, verse here today, just one verse, and if you've been around, you probably know what I'm going to. John 10, verse number 10 says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that in this new year, you still want to speak new things to us, Father. And God, I pray this truth that Jesus spoke to us so long ago, God, I pray you'd awaken it in our hearts again. And as a church, you would take any areas where we've gotten off track, would you bring us back to the core of who you are calling us to be? 
And God, I pray that we as a body would move in perfect unity. That's what Jesus prayed for us, that we would be one. And so God, may we be one as we walk out the doors today. We pray that in the name of Jesus, everybody said, amen, amen. You can be seated. Uh, Why don't you turn to your neighbor real quick. You got 20 seconds. Turn to your neighbor and tell them what is your favorite movie of all time. Favorite movie of all time. Okay, if you're online, you can go ahead and type it into into the chat if you'd like to. Let us know what your favorite movie of all time is. All right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Uh, so I, I'm, there's probably as many favorite movies as there are people in the room. How many of it's like an action movie? That's your favorite movie. Anybody, it's an action movie? How many of it's like, it's like a drama or like a love story? Anybody like those kind of movies? All right. How many like a thriller? You like like really just thriller kind of stuff? Okay, okay, okay. Like for Amber and I, like we like comedies because our life is stressful enough as it is. Like I don't need to watch a movie to stress me out anymore. But when it comes to the favorite type of stories that I have in my life, my favorite story is a good redemption story, right? A good redemption story, right? You know, like those movies where like everything falls apart and then just everything turns around and it's just beautiful and it's amazing. I love those kind of stories. And when I think about the story of Zoe Church, I see a beautiful redemption story. For those who have been in this church, you understand this is an amazing church with a long history, but it went through a hard season. And during that hard season, there was a core of people who were a part of this congregation who were faithful and prayed, and they persevered on their knees. And because of that, their faithfulness paved the way for a season that we've been able to experience here at our church. All right? And here's what took place. It was about three years ago that Amber and I were invited to come be the pastors here. We've said this before. We had no desire to come here, okay? It was not on our radar. We weren't looking to come here, but God gripped our hearts. He broke our hearts, and we felt compelled by the Spirit that this is where we were called to be. And as I said, over these last three years, it has been unbelievable to watch God move. But before we stepped into this church, God put a verse, even before we committed to come, God put a verse on my heart for this church, and it's the verse that we just read together. John 10, 10. In this verse, it begins by saying this, what? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. And this is the story of this church. The enemy has tried to take this place out. It has tried to destroy what God clearly wanted to do in this place. It was a challenging season this church went through. And and here's the truth, though. This isn't just the story of this church. I believe it's the story of every single one of us as a believer. Because there's a truth we all have to understand, and it's these four words. You are under attack. You are under attack. You might think, ah, that's a little over the top, Greg. (laughs) Am I really? No, no. Spiritually, you are under attack. And the moment you forget that is the moment you put yourself into a very dangerous position. Because you don't understand. I've talked about it all through this summer. Man, there is an enemy of your soul that is looking to destroy you. Those moments when you're just being casual, thinking, oh, no big deal. You need to understand there is an enemy who is trying to take you out spiritually. And if we forget that, we can get ourselves into very dangerous positions. For some of you, it will be an issue of sin. There's an issue of sin. And I would say that there's probably some people in the room who say, yep, I know know exactly where the enemy tries to get me. Maybe it is an area of addiction, right, that you're struggling Maybe it's an area of, of a, a relationship, right? There's something sexually where you've, it's a challenge for you and you know that's a temptation for you and the enemy has used that to get you off course at times. 
Maybe it's an attitude, it's a bitterness that you hold in your heart and you know the enemy has used that to bring destruction and death in your life. You know that. But there's others of you that I would say, you know what? You know, you're like, I don't know if there's like some massive sin in my life that the enemy tries to use to get me off. Like, yeah, I know that it's there, but like, that's not how he gets me. My guess is for many of you, the way the enemy gets you off, he just gets you a little cold, a little complacent in your faith. I would bet there's some of you, when you think about this past year, you're honest, you're honest. You look at yourself and you say, eh, was I really pursuing God this past year? I didn't do anything bad. But was I really, man, there's probably times in my life where I was actually pursuing God a lot more than I am right now. See, that's what the enemy does. See, if he can't get you to turn 180 degrees, he'll try to get you to turn one. And you play that out far enough and you're going to be far away from God. And what we have to understand is that the enemy of our soul is looking to take us off. Oh, the enemy isn't looking to have more fun. Like sometimes we have that view, oh, all the fun stuff is out there. No, no, no. The enemy is looking to kill you and destroy you. And as we step into a new year, we have to walk into it with eyes wide open, recognizing that God has good things in store, but there is an enemy that would love to destroy that in your life. He wants to ruin your marriage. He wants to ruin your kids. And and I would say it's our call. Who are we looking to? And that's why we looked at the second half of this verse. What does it say? The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And what does life mean? What's the word life? Zoe, if you're here for the first time, you're like, oh, that's what that means. Great. Okay? Zoe, it is the abundant, overwhelming, overflowing life that is only found in Jesus. That's God's desire for you. That's what he, he breathes into us. That's what he desires for us. It, sometimes people come to faith and you're like, yeah, all the, you know, God's kind of making my life harder. Like I can't do, it's always these things I can't do. Like don't do this, don't do that, don't do that. That's not the truth. The truth is that God has designed us to experience the fullness of life, but it's always in the context of under his authority. When we submit to him, there is a, a life that we can experience in no other way. And he's come to us and he said, this is what I want. I want you to have abundant, overflowing life. And when I felt God speak a verse over us as a church, I felt him say, this has been the story of this church. That the enemy has tried to steal and kill and destroy. But here's what I'm doing. I am going to bring new life to this place. And over the last three years, we have watched him do that over and over and over and over again. Some of you walked in these doors like, yeah, this is a cool place. I like this. Those of you who have been around know exactly what I'm talking about. Because God has breathed something supernatural, miraculous, and amazing here in our community. That's what his desire for us. And when we said, hey, we're going we're gonna to go with the name Zoe, it wasn't because we're like, oh, that's a cool name. We're going to be cool and hip and it'll look good on a t-shirt. I felt, I felt like God say, this is your name and this is what I'm going to do. And for three years, Amber and I, on a regular basis, have people walk into these doors and say things like this. And I don't understand it, but there's just a life here that I've never experienced before. I've never experienced church like this before. And we don't say that like we're so good and we figured something out. No, we say, thank you, God, for doing what you promised you would do. Like we stand on what God speaks, not what we say. Like it's what does he have to say about us? And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. 
And, and our desire is that those who are far from God, not that they'd come in and experience us, but that they would come experience the life that only comes through Christ. That's what we want, that we as a church are passionate about what Jesus is passionate about. The people who are far from him would know the hope that is only found in him. And may we be that kind of church that constantly pursues the broken. We constantly pursue the one, the one who was off on their own, the one in your family, the one on your block, the one at, at work, that you would pursue them so that they would know the hope of Christ just like you do. That's the kind of church we want to be. Beyond the verse, though, that God spoke into our hearts, there was three statements that God kind of buried into my heart. Again, this was even before we committed to come here. There are three statements. You're familiar with these. It was about 2 a.m. in the morning. I was up in my hallway writing some things down and just felt God download these things. He said, this is what you're going to be about. And these three statements, hopefully you've heard before. The first one is this, that we are gospel-centered. We are gospel-centered. We aren't preaching-centered. We aren't event-centered. We aren't music-centered. And we're not even Bible-centered. And some of you are like, whoa. If you're here on a regular basis, you know that we value the word of God above everything else. I mean, we, we come every single week and say, God, what do you have to speak? But here's the concern that I have is that sometimes in the church, we can get, uh, turn the gospel and, or the Bible into just morality. Oh, just be a good person. And at the end of the day, Jesus didn't come proclaiming, hey, clean yourself up and you can be a good person. No, he came, I'm bringing good news. I'm bringing the gospel that there is a transformation that is only available through him. And that's what we came proclaiming. We teach the word. Is there wisdom here? Absolutely. Is it God speaking to us? Absolutely. But at the end of the day, if we haven't got to the good news of Christ, then we, have got, we haven't gotten all the way there. And my desire for every single person in this church is that you would be transformed by the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And my desire for your kids is that they're not just good church kids or your teenagers. They're not just good church teenagers, right? And just have good behavior. No, at the end of the day, when they leave your home, they better be grounded in the gospel or they're in serious trouble, okay? That's what we want for every single person. That's what we are about. Everything we do, every message I preach, if I haven't got us to the gospel, I've missed it, all right? It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's what we came preaching, okay? So we are gospel-centered. The second thing is this, is we embrace the struggle. We embrace the struggle. We say this all the time. We embrace the struggle of life. So how many know life ain't always easy, right? Sometimes it's hard, and it doesn't make you more spiritual to ignore that. Because sometimes in the church, we've had this pattern where it's like, <clears throat> if I come into the church, I just kind of, oh, everything's great, blessings. How you doing? Oh, I'm just doing great. It's God's favor all over me, you know? <laughs> like, it, like you, can, you can be honest <laughs> about where, like, you're struggling. Like, hey, I'm having a cruddy day. I love it when people tell me, yeah, I'm struggling right now. Sweet. At least you're being honest with me, Right? And why do we say that? Is it just because we all just want to mope around? It's like, let's just coddle our struggles. No, it's because when we are honest, that's when God can actually begin to do something in our life. And when we are honest with where we are, it creates a culture around here where other people can do the same thing. And where somebody can walk in from the outside and say, you know what? I could actually do something. I can be a part of this place because it isn't plastic and fake. There is genuine, authentic community going on in here, right? That's what we want. But we say we don't just embrace the struggle of life. We embrace the struggle of faith. How many know faith isn't always easy? You ever have that moment in your life where suddenly something happens and you're asking questions you've never asked before in your faith? I had an older gentleman this past week call me. He's someone who's able to stream because physically he's not able to be here. And he called me up because he's, he's struggling. And he's asking some of those questions. 
He's like, I, Greg, I just don't understand this. I said, you know what? I don't understand it either. I'm sorry. We ask those questions. And if we, unfortunately, sometimes in church create a culture that says, no, you can't ask those questions here. You know, I've had, I've had young adults before come to me and say, you know what, Greg? I feel like I need to leave the church for a little while and figure some stuff out spiritually before I, before I could maybe come back. And I just say, oh, God, what have we done in the church that we've created a culture where people can't wrestle the hard things in the context of a community that loves them and cares about them? And so we are going to be that kind of a church. If anybody ever says, don't ask that question here, you better get out, okay? Because this is a safe place to ask the hard questions because we need to be able to do that in the context of a family that loves you and cares for you and believes the best for you and wants God's best for your life. That's the kind of church we are. Embrace the struggle. That is who we are. Third thing, embrace the struggle. We are the church. We are the church. We don't go to church. We don't do church. We are the church. Church isn't a building. Church isn't an event. It's you and me. And the thing that excites me when I look at our church is you all actually do it. (laughs) You guys live that way. Because when I hear stories, you know, we can have programs all we want to, like good little programs to solve problems. But what I love is to hear the stories of how you all are being the church for one another. Like the times where you are just like coming around a family who's struggling and just purchasing things to help them out. Or the times when like, oh, they need childcare and people are just coming around and doing stuff for them and serving and taking care of each other, lifting each other, praying for each other, doing the things that a church is supposed to do. You know what the, the world out there is supposed to see in the church? They're supposed to look at the church and say, man, I wish I had people in my life like that. This is supposed to be desirable. It's to be something that whets their appetite, right? And you all are living that out, and that's the kind of church we want to be. You know, if people come in here and like, I just want to check in for an hour and just kind of head and do my own thing, this isn't really a good church for you because we are a community that must care for one another and live out what God has called us to. But it's more than just being the church in this building. We are called to be the church to our world, to your school, to your neighborhood, to your business place, because you may be the only church somebody experiences. And may we be a representative of Christ that represents him well. See, this is who we are. This is who I've sensed God called. And what is amazing to me is watching how God has done this over and over and over again. And, and we will continue. I pray we will continue to grow deeper and deeper in this, that we will be a reflection, not a reflection of Zoe Church, but we would be a reflection of the kingdom of God right here in Burnsville and Savage and Prior Lake and Lakeville and all the surrounding areas, that we would be a picture that is desirable for those on the outside to say they have something that I don't have. And we have seen that happen over and over and over again. Well, as we, uh, as we transition here, I want to I just go and, and take a few moments just to celebrate some of the things that God has done over this past year. I know for many of us, this has been a hard year again. Last couple years has been hard. Personally and emotionally, physically, there's been a lot of challenges. Um, and in our world, it's kind of crazy. But when we look at what God has done in this church, it's nothing short of miraculous what God has done in this place and the way God has worked and the way God has used so many of you to make an impact in other people's lives. And so I just want to take a few minutes to celebrate those kind of things. And so I apologize if I get really excited when I share some of this, okay? Uh, the first thing is, is just some simple things. I don't, I, you know, I don't give numbers because like le- numbers are everything, but numbers help, in, help you have a, a kind of an understanding of what's been taking place. And so a year ago on Vision Sunday, there were 300 people that attended on Vision Sunday. This morning, there will probably be somewhere around 700 that are with us here on Vision Sunday, which is just fun. 
Okay? Over the last fall, we had 679 people on average attending on a weekly basis, and we had nearly 800 multiple times worship with us on a regular Sunday morning. This, uh, and in addition to those that are in the room, and that's the thing, we only see the people that are in the room. In addition to that, we have 70 homes that stream with us every single Sunday during our services. Okay, which can represent anywhere from 700 up to three or 400 people that those 70 homes represent, which means we're ministering to about 1,000 people every single weekend. It's just beautiful to see that God is growing that way. Uh, Christmas Eve, how many were here for Christmas Eve? Christmas Eve. See, not everybody was here. And still, we had 864 people that worshiped with us on Christmas Eve this past year. If you were in the first service for Christmas Eve, you know what I'm talking about, because there were no chairs left, literally no chairs We had more people than the chairs. They were sharing the chairs. They were setting up extra chairs. It was just a blast. But it's so cool to see how God is drawing people here and they have an opportunity to hear the hope of Christ. With that, we got the kids' areas exploding, okay? We got kids all over the place. A couple couple months ago, there was a Sunday morning. There were 20 babies that showed up to the first service. 20 babies! That's a lot of diapers, okay? Lots of diapers going on, okay? But it's fun. We're having to open extra rooms and expand and do all these kind of things. So just pause for a second. If you have a calling toward kids and serving in the children's area, we could use it. And even if you don't have a calling, you just love kids and you have a calling to be a part of this community, we could use your help in the kids area because we got lots of kids and it's great. So many young families that are coming and participating here, okay? And on top of the kids area, then we got our youth, our crazy youth around here, okay? It's unbelievable what God has been doing through our youth. They're, they are having weeks where 120, 130, 140 kids joining on this a regular Wednesday night. We're actually starting to be concerned, oh no, our youth room may not be big enough. Those are good problems, right? Like those are the ones we pray for. And, and why are all these things taking place? Why is it taking place? Is it because we, we've done some mailing program and everybody's showing up? No, it's because you guys are inviting you guys are, are looking to say, God, I want to be an extension of this because our, our teenagers are inviting their friends, right? Because they're experiencing something. They say, you know what? My friend needs Jesus, right? My classmate needs Jesus. My neighbor needs Jesus. And you're doing the same thing. I hear stories all the time. There's so many, there was a, there's a couple here that, that came to faith last year and they were feeling this compelling, like, I got to invite people. They invited a, a coworker who came this summer, no faith in the background, came to faith in Christ. I got to baptize them in August. And now they're the one that's doing the inviting and leading other people to faith. Like I hear that. I, I know I hear stories of people who go to the same place over and over and over again for no other reason, but to build a relationship with someone so that they can invite them so that they might experience Christ. I hear stories of our teenagers who are inviting classmates, and we got kids who have come to faith in our church, and they are the first ones in their family to ever give their lives to Christ. Like, they are starting a new story in their families, right? We've, got, we've had teenagers flushing drugs down a toilet because God is, is doing something in their heart and setting them free and saying, I am a new creation, and this can't be a part of my life anymore. Like, this is what God is doing, and it's so amazing to watch him at work. As we we think about it, you know, in addition to obviously people are just inviting, inviting, and that's amazing. Because of that, nearly every single Sunday, we have seen people come to faith around here. And this year, we have baptized, water baptized, 69 people who've taken the step of saying, I'm all in, Christ. I'm all in with you. I want to serve you. That is exciting things to celebrate. 
We think about the practical things. Uh, we've had Next Step around here. A lot of you have been part of Next Step. We, this year we had 250 people go through Next Step, which meant there's 200 people now that have engaged in ministry. Ministries like our, you know, what happens in our kids, in our youth, our Sunday morning experience, but also things like Market Day, where you know, we celebrated last week, this last month, we served 87 families through Market Day to be able to provide groceries for them. And this year, as we've been so excited to be able to launch our recovery ministry here for the very first time, in two months, We've already seen so many lives being affected by that ministry, and it is so exciting to see how God is continuing to move that way. And then we get to some really just, you know, boring things like our financially around here. Financially, if you remember, we we did an audio renovation around here. How many remember that? Praise the Lord. (laughs) Audio renovation. I said, church, we got to raise $130,000. And you people raised $136,000. By the end of the year, which was unbelievable, which was a good thing because the cost of the audio ended up being a little less than 130,000. But at the same time, one of our projectors broke. And as a result, we were able to buy two new projectors for this auditorium along with the sound system. And it only cost 500 bucks out of the normal flow of our finances. So can you give yourselves a hand for faithfully giving? That's the stuff, like, uh, that's just a dumb sound system. We're glad we have it. But, you know, at the end of the day, what matters is the ministry that's going to take place because we have that tool, right? But in addition to that, giving $136,000 for that, you people, on top of the fact that we tithe, remember we tithe off of the first 10%, so we've given about $95,000 this year monthly to support missionaries. We're supporting about 55 missionaries around the world. We were able to do that this year. But in addition, you guys gave $103,000 to Kingdom Builders on top of that, which meant combining that with our crazy, ridiculous youth over here who gave $104,000 for speaking the light this past year, we were able to give poor over $300,000 out of these doors to, to bring the gospel to places it's never been before. Can you give God a praise offering for that? Just so exciting. I wish God would do something around here. Oh my. It's just so exciting. Uh, I'm so excited. And so, so thank you. Thank you. This is the kind of church we want to be. The reason I ended with the money, you're like, ending with the money, that seems anticlimactic. No, because we want to be a church that isn't about Zoe's kingdom. We're not here to build our kingdom. We're here to build the kingdom of God, okay? And everything we do is about his kingdom. It's not about our name. It's God, how can we be a part? Oh, he's the one that's active in the world. How can we be a part of what you're doing in the world? That's the kind of church that we're going to be. And so as we look to 2022, I just want to take the few, last few moments um, to just share a little picture of where is it God is, is taking us in this year, and where is he challenging us individually as we step into 2022? Uh, just some real practical things. You know, this last year we did some renovations. You know, we renovated our kids' wing, renovated the audio system in here. I think there's some, fur- we want to further that as God's bringing new life. There's some renovations we're hoping to do out in our lobby, into our cafe this next year. Just some practical things we want to be able to do. Uh, online, as, you, as I shared, we've got an amazing growth as, as we continue to be able to minister to people online. We got people min- that are only online in our area, that live in our area, but we got people in other states that are now joining. And so we want to be able to invest a little bit there to be expand that so that the ministry, it can truly be a more meaningful ministry for those that maybe aren't able to join or simply are joining with us online. And I think that's something we're going to lean into this next year. Uh, something else very exciting. How many of you know that this last season, the last couple years, has been stressful? And one of the places that it oftentimes shows up in is in, in marriages, right? 
It can be a challenge. And some of you know exactly what I'm talking about because this has been a hard couple of years for you. And I'm very excited. We've got our leaders, Terry and Susan Lieski, are going to be kicking off a brand new marriage uh, a mentorship and marriage a ministry here for us in the next several months. And I think it's going to be a great way to help partner with marriages, to come alongside marriages, to equip and encourage and breathe life into some of them. And so I'm looking forward to being able to get that launched this year. And I know some of you are going to be experience blessing because of that. But the last thing and the main thing, oh no, one more thing I want to talk about uh, is financially. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't like to just simply talk about money for the sake of money. I like to talk about money because it's used to make a difference. And so as I said, we don't talk about how much money can we raise for us to do our things. It's God, how can we, how can we use what you've given us for the sake of the kingdom? And I came here this, uh, you know, the last week, I had a number already in my head of what I felt like God was calling us to this year. And, and as I've been praying this week, I'm just, I felt God say, that ain't enough. Um, I want to do more than that. And so the number God's put in my heart for us as a church, as a whole this next year, is that we would raise a half a million dollars to send out of these doors for the sake of the gospel. And what does that mean? Where does that come from? That includes our youth, our crazy youth over there right, that they would raise, they're going to be raising money for Speed the Light this year to go and to, to bring the hope of Christ where it's never been before. As we continue to faithfully give as a church, remember, we tithe first 10% of our, our giving comes. And so over the next year, as we have increased in attendance and increase in faithfulness in giving, that means we just get to give more, okay? And so we're probably going to be giving somewhere around $120,000 to support missionaries and missions organizations this year. I'm really excited for that. But above and beyond that, my heart is that we would, uh, through Kingdom Builders, that we would raise additional funds. Now, some of you are like, what in the world is Kingdom Builders? Kingdom Builders for us is our above and beyond giving. There's some of us that are, we're tithers. We say, hey, we tithe, we give the first 10%, but God, we want to be more. We want to invest more in the kingdom of God. I don't want to just spend money on stuff that's going to rot and end up not lasting. I want to invest in things that are actually going to last and make a difference in our world. And, and so what we do in Kingdom Builders, it's, it's for those who are already tithers who say, you know what, monthly, I'm going to support and I'm going to give above and beyond my tithe for the sake of the gospel. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be talking about some of the projects we're going to be a part of, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to make a faith commitment. But I would encourage you, if you are already somebody who says, I want to tithe, I'm a tither, awesome. I would encourage you and challenge you to begin praying of how you might participate in Kingdom Builders over this next year, that we would see the hope of Christ brought to the ends of the world, all right? And so that's our goal this year. That's our financial goal. And I'm praying, I don't know how it's going to happen, but I'm believing that God can do the miraculous when he gives us a call and when he asks something of us. And so I pray all of us that we just simply be faithful to what God asks of us this year. And as we do that, I know that God will provide everything. The last thing I want to talk about here is our, uh, is, is really comes down to uh, the core of what I feel like God is calling us in, in this next year. And that comes to the idea of discipleship and spiritual formation. Over this last year, as we've experienced growth, and actually the last several years as we've experienced um, growth, we, we've had to just kind of keep up with what was going on, to be honest. There was a little bit of trying to come up with systems just to hold the ship together. You know what I'm talking about? It's like, it's like you ever see a mom who's got like 17 kids? It's like they're just trying to keep things together, you know? We've just been trying to hold this thing together, and we've, over the last year, built some amazing systems to, to really help us make sure that we can serve everybody that's participating. But the burden of my heart has been that, that we haven't been doing enough to be able to help walk people through the spiritual discipleship process and help you grow in your faith and have some of those foundational things in your life. And so, so this is what we really are feeling called to over this next year. 
Um, so as I've said, we, we built an engagement track. We've got things like Next Step to get involved and serve in those things. But what we're challenging and what we're looking to, to, to grow this year is our discipleship and spiritual formation track. And so the first step, there's three parts that we're going to be looking at this next year. The first one has to do with our, if you want to pull that up, is our new believers class, okay? We've got people coming to faith every single week around here. And, and there's been challenges of what, how, how we can come alongside. And so just like we have Next Step once a month, we are now going to be launching our new believers class once a month. This is an opportunity for people who have made a decision to follow Christ or who are contemplating making a decision to follow Christ, that they can come, they can receive tools, they can receive some foundational uh, teaching to understand what this really means and, and help get them jump-started on this journey of faith and what that looks like. And so I will say this to you. The first one is happening at the end of the month. We'll be talking about that more. And uh, if you've made a decision to follow Christ, even in this last year, I would challenge you at this first one to come join in because you're going to get some things and we're going to hopefully help you on the journey of faith. But that's only the beginning. That's just to get things started. Uh, there's another thing that we're going to be looking to implement this year, and that's something called Alpha. So how many of you have ever heard of Alpha before? Okay, I'm sure lots of you have heard of Alpha before. For many people, I know that that's a very foundational part of their story and their faith journey. Now, we're going to look to implement Alpha in a few different ways. Not, uh, there may be some large format options for Alpha, but there also may be some small group options for Alpha. What is Alpha? It's a foundational thing. It's something that helps people understand what is the foundation of faith? What are the true core things of faith and what it means to follow Jesus? And this is something that I think is important for every, as I said just even this morning, there's things like we got to learn how to hold the golf club again and do some of those things. Even for those who are followers of Christ, I think it's important to come back to the foundational truths over and over again. And so what we are going to do as a church, Amber and I have decided to do this together. And uh, this winter session, which is kicking off on February 9th, Amber and I are going to co-lead a session of Alpha for the entire church. And we're inviting everyone to come and be a part of this. Now, for some of you, you're like, well, I've been following Jesus forever. Why, why would I ever show up to an alpha session? Here's the reason. Number one is because it's foundational. But number two, we're going to be designing this in a way where it is both helping those who are exploring, but also very challenging for those who are already a follower of Christ. And so our challenge, we're going to be doing this together. So there still will be tables for women and tables for men because we just have seen, practically speaking, that men tend to be more vulnerable when they don't have women around and women tend to be more honest when they don't have men around. And so we're going to create that opportunity for the church. Uh, but we're going to be launching that on February 9th. We'll, a registration for that will open next week, but that'll be a jump starter for our Alpha. So I want to challenge every one of you to come be a part of that opportunity in February, okay? The last thing, and this is something that we're still working on, but in this coming year, uh, we're working on, on a new groups model around here. We've done some, we've experimented with some things, but our desire is that Rather than let's have 73 classes that you need to go through, you know, because sometimes that's how we work in the church world. Like here's here for the next 17 years, you can just take a class every week and then you'll be spiritually mature. We think what really is, is required is that you get into a relationship with people and you get around the word of God and you challenge one another in the word and you hold one another accountable in the word. That's the challenge. And so we've been working. There's actually a model that's existed everywhere except America. It's thriving in, in, in the church all around the world, in, in, in uh, Nepal, in India, in Iran, in some of these places. And, and we're looking to adapt that for us here at Zoe Church as a way for us to actually get into relationships that are challenging and growing in our faith. And this is the core, what we feel God call us to. And so that leads me, uh, we'll be talking more about that in the coming months as we get uh, that put together. But um, it leads us kind of to our big so what that we're going to wrap up with today. 
I always say this, so what? What's the point of this thing? And uh, this morning, the big so what's just a couple of words, but I I think there are two words that you probably have heard before, and you're going to know what I'm talking about. Uh, How many of you like to eat out there? You like to eat out there? Okay. You like to eat. I love to eat, right? And uh, there's a moment that I love. You know, think about, thanks, think about Thanksgiving meal. I mean, like Thanksgiving meal, right? You got the turkey out there. You got all the food out there. I got friends that don't like turkey. They do Italian on Thanksgiving. I don't care. You eat whatever you want to. That's fine. But, but you have the meal and it's all ready and it's prepared, right? And it's Thanksgiving and like somebody's got to pray, right? So now you're just waiting. You're like, oh, sir, somebody's going to pray now, okay? And then somebody has that smart idea like, all right, everybody go around and say what you're thankful for. And you're like, I just want to eat, you know? Maybe you're better than I am. <laughs> But then that moment finally comes, right? You say, all right, two words, dig in, dig in. Everybody grab your fork. You're all been wondering why the heck did I get a fork when I walked in the door this morning? Dig in. So here's the sad reality. The sad reality is that so often in the church, we have Christians that look like this. They're like 30, 40, 50, 60, pulled up to a table, but they look like a baby. Why? Because they're sitting at a table filled with food, waiting for somebody else to jam the spoon in their mouth. And if there's one thing that I felt God challenging us to in our faith this year, dig in. Would this be the year that you dig in in your faith? Now, as a church, we're going to create as many opportunities as we can, right? If you're a new believer, we're going to have a new class. If you you need some foundational stuff, awesome. We're going to walk through Alpha. We're going to create a groups model that's going to help you grow in your faith. We're going to do all those things. We're going to give you places to serve, ways that you can be a part of things. I'm going to preach the word every single week. Next Sunday, we're going to kick off a brand new series in the book of Mark. And we're going to dig into what does Jesus have to say. That's what we're going to do. But at the end of the day, you got to pick up the fork and you got to dig in yourself. You got to make this real in your life. And so my challenge to every single one of us, would this be the year that I don't just sit back and say, man, I remember back when I used to get in the word. I remember when I used to pray. I mean, I see all these other people. I wonder what it would be like to seek God like that. No, would this be the year that we say, no, my faith is actually going to be the most important thing in my life. I'm going to pursue God. I'm going to come to the table and I'm going to partake of the good things God has. Remember, he has Zoe life for us, but sometimes it's sitting on a table waiting to be eaten and we're just sitting back saying, would somebody else do it for me? Okay. I don't want to step on any toes, but I kind of want to step on some toes today. We need this. I need this in my life. My prayer for my life is this year that I would dig in more than I've ever dug in before. That in a world, it's clear everything else is falling apart, right? We're in a world that's challenged. It's hard things going on. We don't know where to look. Would we dig into the things that really last, the things that matter, the things that are eternal? Would that be the focus of our lives this year? I'm going to invite you to stand with me across the room because I want to close and I want to pray over us. Here's what I want to do. If, you, if you're with me, hold on to your forks, okay? If you're with me, You say, God, I want this to be a year that I dig into my faith. I want you to raise your fork high, okay? Raise your forks in the air, and I want to pray over you, okay? Jesus, this is kind of weird. (laughs) But I pray that the symbolism of this moment would, would change lives. 
God, I pray this wouldn't be a year where we just go through the motions. We do the church stuff and do the easy things. God, may this be a year that we pursue you like never before. God, where we dig into our faith, we dig into the word, we dig in in prayer. God, we, we are ministers. We're not just here to absorb. We're here to be funnels of the goodness of God to those around us. God, would you help us to dig into everything you have for us? And God, I pray that this would be a personal thing. I pray for every heart, the person who feels distant from you right now. God, I pray that a year from now, they would be able to talk about how they have an intimacy with you like they've never had before. And it was groomed with a fork in their hand as they pursued you and said, I'm gonna dig into everything you have for me. God, may that be the story of every person in this place. But God, as a church, as a corporate body, may we dig in. God, may we give everything that we've got. And I pray that in 2023, when I stand on this stage to talk about what you have done, God, may we just lose it as we celebrate all the things you have done, the faithfulness you have shown as we pursued you and we stayed faithful to you, God. God, may that be the story of this church. It is not the kingdom of Zoe. It is the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ. And he shall reign forever and ever. God, may you receive the glory. May this be for your glory alone. We pray that in the name of Jesus. Everybody said, amen. So in addition to putting the fork somewhere, I think you should. Hold on to this thing. Remember this. I'm gonna give you a very specific challenge to help you on this journey of digging in this year. Uh, as I said last year, we gave you the challenge of reading through the entire Bible. And some of you stepped into that. Some of you are like, whoa, that's a lot. And so we're gonna give another challenge this year. And this is the challenge just simply to read through the New Testament this year, okay? And so what we have done is we've created the New Testament. You can read, it's less than a chapter a day, less than three minutes a day. Anybody who says, I don't have time to read the Bible is a liar. You go to the bathroom for more than three minutes a day. And I know you all bring your phones into the bathroom, okay? Might as well pull out the Bible and read it, okay? You know you do, <laughs> all right? So the challenge is that we would read through the New Testament this year. So we have done something here. Before you leave the room today, here's my challenge. We have uploaded on our website, there's a link at the homepage, zchurch.org. I want you to pull your phone out if you're willing to do this with us. Pull out your phone, go to zchurch.org and click the link at the top. You're allowed to take your phones out right now if you'd like to jump in, okay? You're gonna click the link. There are two options. We're gonna, there's a paper version where you can just see, oh, here's a listing of all the readings for the month of January. And we'll post all of those as the year goes on. That's one option. But if you'd like to join a community, and I would encourage you, even if you read the paper like I do, I would encourage you to do this. There is a version reading plan that we've set up. We've actually set up three of them because you can only put 150 people in one plan, okay? And so I, join, you'll notice there's group one, Join group one as long as there's open slots. Once it fills up, go to group two. Once that fills up, go to group three. And when you join that, it has the reading plan for you. You can read it on your phone, read it on the Bible, but there's also, it's the Bible project. So there are videos that explain every book, give little teachings that help you understand. Because some of you, you ever read the Bible, you're like, I have no idea what's going on right now. The videos will help you, okay? We wanna help you. Three minutes a day, and every single one of us can say we've read through the New Testament this year. And I believe that's one part of the journey of digging into our faith this year, to say, God, we are prioritizing hearing from you this year, okay? So that's my specific challenge to you. Before we close today, I'm gonna invite our prayer team forward. I invite you to come forward. If you came today and you need somebody to pray with you, do not head that way. I pray that you would head this way. Allow our team to minister to you. 
Um, But I ask that this year, may we dig in like never before. God, I pray that you would go with us. Lord, as we step into a new year as a church, God, we ask and we humbly ask, but we boldly ask, we ask for the miraculous this year. God, would you do what only you can do this year? We pray that in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Love you guys. Have a great week. We'll see you back next Sunday as we kick off a brand new series. Love you.